This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spillbump. Nope. Wow, this is Spilled Molly. (laughs) I think I started to say Spilled Malt. It's our new drug Spilled (laughs) <laughs> is it, wait, what what happens on spilled Molly? Oh well, I think it has to do with drugs. Oh, we spill we spill our drugs and then we cry because <laughs> our drugs yeah. got spilled. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a really it's a show that really goes there. It really does. Okay, do we spill a different drug every week? <laughs> yeah, the name <laughs> or is it of the just show Molly changes every time. The name of the show changes every week, and it's so fun. It's like a scavenger hunt because you have to find us in your podcasting app because our name changes every week. And if you find us, you'll also find. Find some drugs that you can pick up off the floor. <laughs> oh um, why can't why can't they make a drug named after me? Um, we'll work on it. So, Maybe okay, I'll start so if there calling a... my like prescription acne medication, Matthew. I got to take my Matthew. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Um, yeah. That's yeah. If I was if I was a drug, that's what I would want to do. I want to like clear your face right up. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, uh, and today we're talking about adobo. Oh wait, we're going with this opening. Oh yeah, this is this is our our intro. Yes. Oh okay. Uh, wait, we didn't say that this is the show where we cook something, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're talking about adobo. Yes, this has been a much requested topic, and we wanted to make sure that we had the right guest to help uh-huh. us talk about it. And I'm we're very we're excited. very excited to have him on. Yes, he'll be joining us shortly. Maybe we should start by saying what adobo is. So adobo, the word, it's a Spanish word that's used to refer to a couple of different cooking techniques. But on this episode, we are specifically talking about the Filipino stew that is one of the signature dishes of uh, the cooking of the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, most commonly made with pork or chicken or both, but it can be any protein or vegetable. And it is a very salty and sour stew that is usually based on vinegar, usually but not always soy sauce. I mean, always some kind of vinegar, usually but not always soy sauce, garlic, bay leaves, and black pepper. It's very simple, very intensely flavored, makes your whole house smell great. I've been cooking it a lot lately. And, you know, what I notice about it is it has, um, for me, once it's all cooked... 
Yeah. It is difficult to distinguish what it is that contributes to the flavors, even though it has very few things in it. Like it is so much more than the sum of its parts. Absolutely. I'm really excited to be talking about it today. Let's go down memory lane. So actually, Matthew. um, Yeah. I, while I have always heard of adobo, I don't think I've ever actually eaten in a Filipino restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got my hands on the um, the Filipino Instant Pot cookbook, which came out, I think, last year, was it? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that I started cooking it at home myself. So I'm really excited that we're going to be talking to one of the authors of that book today. I don't have much of a memory lane with adobo except eating it in my own kitchen Okay, with the help of this book. <laughs> I don't have a ton of adobo memory lane either, um, but I do have a couple of memories. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned Filipino restaurants because um, years ago... I reviewed a restaurant for the Seattle Times that uh, was like a beloved community institution that I think is now closed um, called Cucina Filipina in uh, Beacon Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely like I remember doing the review meals for that restaurant review and uh, like trying like 10 dishes that oh I'd never God. had before. And their adobo was was great. When I was TAing biology at UW, which would have been like the early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, one of my colleagues, uh, fellow TA, was from the Philippines, and uh, she made chicken adobo for our big end-of-quarter grading meeting. Like, we would gather at, uh, at like, the uh, professor's house and, like, you know, go through all the final grades, which it was a big class. <laughs> it took uh-huh. a, a long time. And uh, and so she brought, like, like a, uh, a crock pot full of, uh, full of adobo, like, in massive quantity. And, like, there was – people brought a ton of other stuff. Like, it was a potluck, but that's the dish that I remember. You know what I remember from a grad school potluck at the UW? Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow, this is so different from, from adobo. I remember one of the the people in my cohort brought, she was vegan, and she brought this, it was like a cornbread that had cut up vegan hot dogs in it. And okay. it was like, she called it like a vegan cornbread casserole. And it was so much better than it sounds. I, I did um, not know how the story was going to end. Like, no, I thought it, it was, was either going to so be this is the worst thing I ever sounds. had, or okay. No, it was brilliant. It was like imagine like a real a good cornbread. Yeah, and then you've got these vegan hot dogs, which frankly these days they taste very much like regular hot dogs. But in those days, when, I don't well, think they I, did. Yeah, you're right. This was almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Anyway, I remember being like, this is delicious. And I asked her for the recipe. And I'm wow. pretty sure I have it kicking around in like a folder somewhere. Should we do that for next week's episode? We definitely should. We'll do okay. vegan corn bread. No, vegan corn dog casserole. Corn dog casserole. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have I have a little more adobo memory lane, but oh, maybe okay. maybe we're about to okay. pivot the episode into into uh, corn dog casserole. Um, <laughs> wife of the show, Lori, her maternal grandmother, Granny Harris, uh, was from Baguio, Philippines, mm-hmm. and I think the first time I had adobo was at a uh, family Harris family gathering or Lopez family gathering, really, um, possibly like at her grandparents' fiftieth wedding anniversary, which was a big party down in the Bay Area, and when there is a a gathering. Of a, of a Filipino family, there there are going to be a couple of things that happen, and I don't think I'm trafficking in any uh, like uh, you know certainly not negative, and uh, and I don't think inaccurate stereotypes because there will be singing and there will be 
like a massive table of food. There'll be pancit, uh, rice noodles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be uh, lumpia in enormous quantities, and there will be adobo and rice. And oh, uh, I think that fantastic. was probably the first time I had adobo. I mean, probably several of those things was the first time. Wow. Okay. And so how how far into your relationship with Lori were you? Did this play a role in cementing your desire to, to be part of this family? I mean, I think we were already married, so... Uh, the desire had definitely been cemented. So the, the, yeah. There was, there was a lot of... Our desire had become a cement garden. Um, <laughs> wow, that sounds very negative. <laughs> um, no, but really, that sounds fantastic. And now this yeah, makes and I so remember much... like at this at this gallery, like I got to um, I think it was I, I'm sure it was at a church and I got to like go outside, and, like like entertain like some of the many, many kids that were running around, which was so much fun. Oh, my gosh. And so does Lori have any recipes from her maternal grandmother? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know if she does, but I it seems like she must because like she has a lot of family recipes. I should have asked about this. I didn't get into adobo making until last year. I think I had like tried it, maybe made it once or twice, but then I've, I've had the idea, like I've got this instant pot. I bet you can make really good adobo in the instant pot. Mm-hmm. And so I made like just the simplest adobo recipe in the instant pot. White, just white vinegar, soy sauce, bay leaves, black pepper, garlic, and chunks of pork. That's it. And um, it's it essentially takes... a braise, right? Cause you, it is a you, braise, yeah. Yeah. Because you brown whatever the, the meat is, and then you yeah. add the liquid ingredients, which are substantial, but it, it's not like a soup. So right. um, it's a very and moderate amount of I think liquid. We'll, we'll, talk to, uh, we'll talk to our guest about this, but I think like different, different cooks and different people have like different preferences when it comes to how saucy you want your adobo. Like some people want like all the flavor to be just clinging to the meat, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's more, more like a dry stew. And some people like a lot of sauce to, to like drench their rice in. I'm more mm-hmm. on the saucy side. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know this about me. I do know that you're on the saucy side. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So then I've been making it regularly ever since. And then we got this book. I love this book, the Filipino Instant Pot Cookbook. Um, yes. Of which our guest is one of the six co-authors. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited to talk more about this today. I made the coconut milk adobo recipe from this book. Yeah. Um, and it is fantastic. And my entire family loved it. I have a feeling it's going into the rotation. Does, does it smell incredible while it's cooking? What's amazing is that it smells really good when you add all the, you know, all the liquids, right? Yeah. Before you put the lid on and actually start doing the pressure cooking. But then it smells really good in a completely different yes. way five minutes later when it's done cooking. Like the the alchemy is really cool here. Yeah. I made some adobo like uh, Friday, I think, and uh, a teenager of the show, December, came home from school and, and was like, it smells like an adobo house in here. And like, they were so excited. Were they able to identify what it was before they even saw what you were cooking? Yeah. <gasps> wow. Okay. I like, aspire I think, to I think this. the vinegar has a big, big role in that because yeah. like, you know, the thing about adobo that I think really makes it special is like, you know, other recipes you'll put in like, you know, a tablespoon of vinegar or something like just to like give it a little, a little hit of acid. Like a, an adobo recipe is going to have like, you know, minimum like a third of a cup of vinegar. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's like the primary flavoring like in the, in the, uh, the base of the stew. And mm-hmm. that's just like, just hits different, as the kids Mm -hmm. say. 
We are thrilled to be joined today by Romeo Roque Nido, uh, who is the co-author of the Filipino Instant Pot Cookbook and just a Filipino-American who is uh, super interested in reconnecting with his culture through food. Romeo, welcome to Spilled Milk. Thank you, Molly and Matthew. Thank you. Thrilled to have you, and we love this book. Really? I'm, yeah. I'm oh, glad. yeah. I'm we've glad. Been, we've been cooking the hell out of this book. <laughs> okay. Awesome. My family is um, very into adobo now. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Nice. Which is really fun. Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably like one of the um, like a true staple. Like you go into any Filipino home, you're gonna find it in in the refrigerator or on the yep. stove somewhere. Yes, I have some leftover adobo in my refrigerator right now that I'm looking forward go. to for lunch. There you go. So I, you know, one of the one of the ways that you can tell that this is a great cookbook um, is the the top review on Amazon. I just love this. Said, I actually took the book to Office Depot and converted it to a spiral binding spine, approximately five dollars. Yes. Makes it easier to keep the book open when cooking. Five stars. And <laughs> that is fantastic. I feel like the book like stays open just fine while I'm cooking, but I still love this review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never gotten a review that good. Approximately yeah. five dollars. That's fantastic. Yeah, you look you look on the uh, the the Facebook page. It's the same. That's the one that we all laugh at. Like, wow, Lee, they're really taking this, you know, yes. seriously. Well, so I want to dive into asking you about your relationship to to cooking. Did you mm. grow up in particular eating adobo? Will you kind of walk us down memory lane? Memory lane. Uh, yeah, sure. So we probably had it every other week. It's just a, it was a rotation of adobo, sinigang, nilaga, just all these. Um, and they're all similar. You know, their similarity is they're just stews, mm-hmm. right? And, and adobo just happened to be one of them. And on any given day that it was prepared, it'd either be chicken or pork or beef or a combination of those. Um, sometimes squid, uh, where mm. you've got the squid ink. Also, mm. in there, so that that adds a different flavor. Oh, I love that idea. To it, but yeah, that's so memory lane is just growing up eating it as a kid. And what what do you love about adobo? Like when you when you think about it, like what what makes uh, adobo in particular like a special dish? A couple things. Like if we're talking um, the practicality of it, because it yeah. can last a while, right? Um, just because of the ingredients used, um, salt and vinegar. Uh, it keeps for a long time, so that's yeah. that's one thing. Um, there's a I don't know a sentimental reason for it. Um, back in the '80s, my family just went to we were concessioners at the county fair, and that oh, lasted wow. for like 15 years or so. Well, which and, like which um, county fair? Like what part of what part of Solano, the Solano? Solano. Okay. Um, so here in California, Bay Area, and adobo was one of the the main dishes that we served, right? And then my same uncle had a hot dog stand back in the 80s also. The, mm-hmm. the fair was kind of an offshoot of that, of that, right? So he's downtown Vallejo where City Hall is, the library is, and me and my cousin would help him every summer and even during school time, but waking up early. And it started out just hot dog stand. But mm-hmm. then after a while, we started selling pancit, lumpia, chopao, adobo to have that that Filipino flavor as well. And, and people loved it down there. So, and he told us we were going to be 5% owners um, <laughs> and we are, but he ne- he's never given us anything. So, um, so there's that, that, right. So that's just really 
one eating it, but then also to being part of a, a catering type thing and just waking up early in the morning and help prepare it, all that. There's a sentimental uh, connection to adobo as well. Oh yeah, no, I feel like I can picture this this uh, Filipino food stand at uh, at the county fair. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then it, and it reminds me like like today like you see all the food trucks. This guy was doing it, you know, twenty yeah. thirty years ago when there weren't any food trucks. It's just a small regular hot dog stand with the umbrella. <laughs> it's awesome. What so? What are your favorite proteins to put in adobo or to cook in adobo? I like chicken. And this, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, going back to the fair again, because his yeah. special his special recipe for the fair was is that he would f- deep fry it after it was cooked, so that Whoa. skin gets really crispy. My recipe in the book is kind of like a play off of that. So you broil it right and get that crisp, that texture on the skin. But he would after it was cooked, he would deep fry it and the garlic too, and so you get this totally different flavor and texture uh, for the county fair version. That's brilliant. Yes, it is. Would, would he do more of like like a dry style where like it's really stewed down so that the flavor is kind of clinging to the chicken before frying it? Yeah. So he'd cook it just the regular way. Yeah. And then he'd fry it after. So you've still okay. got the stew portion after that we pour okay. over. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. That sounds so good. <laughs> Oh, that sounds great. All right. So one, we were talking before, before you uh, came in um, about how like one, one of the things that, that we love about adobo is that it is, it is a real vinegar based stew for the most part. And like, that would be something like, like unusual to find, like, like in a, you know, an American or, or like French style stew. And it seems like vinegar and like sour flavors in general are really important in Filipino cooking. So I wonder if you could tell us about like what, what are some of the vinegars that are most likely to be used in the Philippines and like what are good substitutes if people have trouble finding those? So the brand Dato Pute is probably the most popular brand. Um, you can still, in the Philippines, you can get that here as well. It's um, sugarcane vinegar. Okay. So a little bit different, a little bit cloudy, not, not the clear white vinegar distilled that we get right here or that i i was used to growing up with but uh yeah the that cane vinegar is is probably the most popular but i feel like there's no true rules to it right and even yeah i i like to mix them up sometimes because you get a little bit of different flavor i'll use a balsamic sometimes uh oh wow or mix it up right a balsamico is great with adobo i mean i've never used it exclusively but to mix it with that and some apple cider, oh, yeah, I love it. So if someone were new to making adobo, uh, mm. what is the first adobo you think that they should make? And can you like walk us through the process of making it in the Instant Pot, which is sure. so easy. <laughs> I couldn't sure. believe how easy and fast it was. Anyway, walk <laughs> us through what you'd recommend for a first go. I think I like chicken uh, because... Mm-hmm. Um, just, just from my personal experience, I feel that most folks are um, familiar and aren't too uh, averse to having chicken uh, versus a pork or a beef. And would you use this? Would you use skin on? I like skin on. I like thigh. Okay. Yeah, me too. Just because breast, I feel, dries out too much. You get a, more of that flavor in thigh and the, the, mm-hmm. the more moisture. And I think you get more skin per area <laughs> if mm-hmm. you have per surface area, if you want to put it like that on a thigh. Okay, so that's the protein choice. What I like to do is first fry up the garlic in the Instant Pot, mm-hmm. right? 
and then the peppercorns, put that in, or the pepper. That was one thing I, I had to change because traditionally they do whole peppercorns. Interesting. Mm. But I hated as a kid biting into it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why in the recipe it's a little bit different. You know, you'll, you'll grind your, your, your pepper. And yeah, so those things. And then add in the, the chicken and fry that up a little bit. You don't have to, you don't have to go crazy and cook it all the way through because the instant pot's going to do that. But just getting a little bit of, you know, a little bit of brown all the way around. After that, add in your liquids and your, don't forget the bay leaf. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, and I listened to your bay leaf uh, episode. <laughs> so that was cool. And then add your, yeah, add your liquids after and then just seal it up and go. And, and I don't know if you guys noticed, you can do frozen chicken yes, if you forgot I to did defrost see it. That. I've done it multiple times. It works. Brilliant. Yes, I love that. You mentioned that that uh, there's kind of no no rules when it comes to adobo making. Are there are there like very regional variations or just like you know yeah. things that your family did? You already mentioned the deep fried version, of course, yeah. which sounds amazing. Like what? How how else can people mix it up? Like For after sure. you know they've made the basic adobo recipes from the book and they want to take it like in a different direction. Like what do you recommend? Absolutely. I'll give you a couple things. So a lot of times. There are times when folks will approach me and say, I just wish, you know, the, the stew part was, was a little thicker, the, mm-hmm. the saucy part, right? And I like to make a roux, right? Oh, interesting. So you cook, okay. you cook it, you, while that's going, you go ahead and make a roux, put it together, and then you get that, that, thick, that thickness. I like it better than cornstarch water. Um, I don't know why I feel like you get too gelatinous uh, that, mm-hmm. that way. Is you it- do flour and butter, <clears throat> flour and oil. Flour, butter. I like butter. Yeah. And yeah. is it, I mean, I couldn't, could you also just reduce the sauce down? I guess you do get a different texture with that, with the roux in there. That's awesome, right? Like re- yeah. reducing it down, but you've got to reduce it down. So my grandmother on my dad's side used to do it that way with pork and she uh-huh. would, do, and where you wouldn't get, there wouldn't be much left, right? Yeah. But because of that, you've got that flavor that's so concentrated, right? And so you're yeah, just kind of like, yeah. whatever I can get, I'm just put that on there and I'm going to get that that flavor. But yeah, that's that's definitely an option. No, I love the roux idea because like I'm the kind of person who like I always want to reduce down my sauce because I want it to be like as flavorful as possible. But then I also want a ton of your sauce volume. to put on my rice. Yeah, you want yeah. your volume of, of, yes. of sauce, right? So my wife is from the south, the southern part of the Philippines, where coconut milk is more prevalent. Mm-hmm. And so she introduced me to that. She's like, "What? you make a great adobo. Why don't you put coconut milk? Try it that way. And we did it. And it is awesome. So is awesome. good. Yeah, yeah, Molly and I both, both made that recipe from the book. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. What do you serve with it to sop up all the sauce? <laughs> it's, well, I'm just used to rice, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Regular steamed what? white rice. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I will say like I, we had like half a baguette the other day, just sitting sitting around, and I was like dipping baguette in my in my adobo uh, liquid, and it was very good. <laughs> How about like like mushroom and onions? Slice yeah. some of that up, it, you know, that'll soak stuff up, and Absolutely. then and then with your baguette on top of a baguette, that wouldn't be bad either. That sounds very good. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about, and then what if you added cheese? No, no. (laughs) I think that you're turning it into something else, Matthew. I don't know. Like that flavor can cut through. Like Romeo said there were no rules. No rules. No rules. Okay. Well, hold on. If there are Um, really no rules. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. So is there a way to make vegetarian adobo? Uh, Banana hearts is a big one. 
Banana, uh, what are banana hearts? A banana, or sorry, banana blossoms. Okay. Okay. It, because it's called puso nang tanging, which puso is heart, but it really okay. just means the, the blossom. I yeah, like I like calling it banana hearts. Yeah, yeah. Let's, we're popularizing that starting <laughs> and now. And what's the texture of those when they're cooked? Well, the way I've had it, it's just stewed down, so it's just really soft mm-hmm. and tender. But that with oh, is it string, string beans or French long bean, mm-hmm. those together are those are usually cooked together. Mm. Oh, that's, that's good. Cool. And there's yeah, a yeah. there's a cauliflower recipe in the uh, in uh-huh. the book also that that uh, I love cauliflower. I'm going to try that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, Jeannie did a lot of our uh, vegetarian dishes. Yeah, there are a lot of vegetarian recipes uh, in the yeah, book. Yeah. Okay, so I think I think I've got one last question, which um, sure. we we sometimes have a segment on the show called Mister Etymology. <laughs> okay, where we like kind of get too into words, and like I, like I noticed <laughs> I noticed reading the book that that adobo becomes adobong when uh-huh, it's when uh-huh. it's like describing or like modifying like the, the main ingredients. So like yeah. like the pork adobo is like a, yeah. adobong baboy. Yeah, um, yeah. Why does the word change? Right. Adobo noun, right? And this is mm-hmm. the thing. Adobong is the verb. So the way you cook mm. something, right? Adobong pork, right? I adoboed it, right? Oh, I love oh. it. Right? I'm so okay. glad we right? And it's different too. Like you'll find uh, in other ones, adobo, I think we did multiple sinigang. So sinigang na, right? The word is sigang, which is to stew. But mm-hmm. to have okay. stewed something or to stew something, sinigang, right? So you, it changes a little bit. Sinigang na what? Sinigang na baboy. Sinigang na shrimp, right? So it's just, it's a verb and the conjugation. Awesome. Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Romeo Roque Nito, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there, uh, uh, you know, we are definitely going to link uh, to the Filipino Instant Pot Cookbook. Is there anything thank else you. uh, you'd like to plug or places people can find you online? No, just the book and okay. Rockin' Chips and Wonderment, who published our book, they just came out with a Korean Instant Pot cookbook. Oh, um, we'll be getting so that also. You might want to check that out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, those, those are the homies. So uh, if there's anything to plug, it's, it's that book. All right. Well, great. Thank you again. We really appreciate having you on the show and uh, love to have you on again. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you as well. Thank you so much. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right. Do we have anything else we need to say about Adobo other than, like, get Romeo's book and make Adobo? Um, No, I really cannot overstate how great this book is. Yeah, and, like, Adobo is going to be, like, one, if you haven't cooked it, it's going to be one of the easiest things you've you've ever made. And, Absolutely. like, the, the, like, flavor to work ratio could not be higher. Absolutely true. Yes. So thank you to Romeo. Thank you to all the authors of the Filipino yeah. Inst- Instant Pot Cookbook for making our lives better. Yes. And now it's time for segments. Matthew, what's new in the underworld?
Okay, so uh, this comes to us from uh, Teenager of the Show December, who's uh, continued to play the game Hades, and reports that uh, there is a cape closet. My dad, Hades, king of the underworld, has a wardrobe in his bedroom, and the only thing in it is identical red capes. Yes. Isn't that always cool when somebody has, like, a closet with the same thing over and over in it? Like like how like Steve Jobs always had a turtleneck. Do you think probably, that, that was all that was in his closet? I sure hope so. I I mean, like, wh- why, you know, if, why? If, that, if that isn't the case, like, nobody wants to know that. No, no. I don't um, want to sully his memory that way. Exactly. Um, okay. Or I guess if, if, you're a, if you're a judge, like, you just have a bunch of black robes. Black robes. <laughs> and wear them all the time. Mm-hmm. What else is going on in the underworld? The other report is, I tried to shoplift from Charon, the, the boatman of the River Styx, yeah. and he murdered me with an oar. Wait, but, so wait, w- was December not already dead? Yeah, but you can, like, like die. In- die more. You can die more, and then you get like re you respawn it like back in in the house of Hades, okay. and like sort of like emerge out of like a river. Hey, you I, know what? My kid just got a tamagotchi for her oh, ninth birthday. We and need a tamagotchi segment for I, sure. Guess what? It turned into an alien because we got busy doing other things. Who's got time to take care of a tamagotchi? I mean, what is up with this toy? But I mean, like. If if you get a Tamagotchi, you have a responsibility to look after it. I like, don't understand this toy. I mean, like... <laughs> I don't either. Ash and June had to reset the Tamagotchi this morning because he turned like, into an alien, which is what no, happens. I have too many real responsibilities. Right? Why do I, I want to add fake responsibilities? Yeah, no, This uh, the thing is, like, constantly <laughs> pooping, and it wants attention, <laughs> and then you have to, like, discipline it, or else, like, if you don't discipline it, it will turn into an alien, which is what actual children do too absolutely yeah yeah okay all right but is she enjoying it <laughs> she is she thinks it's really fun okay yeah okay i want more tamagotchi reports we can okay. let's let's just roll that in and consider the tamagotchi a, a, a denizen of the underworld okay for the purposes of what's new in the underworld well hers has you know been resurrected so oh yeah oh so you can kill your tamagotchi and then it comes back i think so i mean they had to reset it who knows? Is, Whatever. Now, I, now I, like, I, in I the old days, like, a Tamagotchi was, like, it was very, very, like, crude, like, like black and white LCD screens. It still... It still is. So you okay. can get a fancier one and, like, take selfies or something dumb with your oh. Tamagotchi. And we were like, we are not standing for that kind of BS. No. So we bought her the original. Okay. And she's thrilled with it. You should also get her one of those Ibo robot dogs <laughs> well, from what the were th- 90s, I think. Oh, were those uh, like the little uh, Furbies? No, a Furby was like was a like an actual toy. I think the Ibo was like I don't know if you could actually buy it, and if you could, it was like two thousand dollars or something. It was like a you know, like a thing to get people talking about Sony, the company, and so they built like like a realistic question mark robot dog. Oh yeah, I can't wait to get one of those. Uh-huh. I'm gonna All I'm right. gonna spend um, my. I don't even know where that money's going to come from. I I can't wait to find out. Well, I mean, maybe instead of like buying like food and clothing for your kid, you should get a robot dog <laughs> to keep them warm. That's at great because my kid now just lives in, in Tamagotchi land anyway. Oh, she did they get sucked into the? Yeah. Did, did she get sucked yeah. into the other side of the screen? Yeah, because that happen. Um, that can happen. Yeah, that's how you she... take a selfie with your Tamagotchi. You need to enter Tamagotchi world, <laughs> yeah. and then. And then, like, another kid has to remember to feed you. Mm-hmm. Should we do spilled mail? 
the spilled mail comes from listener Jackie, who writes, uh, oh, this is in response to our apricot episode. Oh, my dad I love served, this mail. Yes. I'm my so dad excited. served in the Army 20-plus years, including two tours in Vietnam. As a teen, I made dinner one night from recipes that were part of a menu in the back of a magazine. Glamour? <laughs> Which included <laughs> apricots. He then explained that apricots were bad luck and mentioned no one serving in Vietnam would eat them. I portioned out the apricots to everyone except dad. He then seemed annoyed that I hadn't given him any. He must not have been that superstitious. It's nice to think back on an amusing memory of dad who passed away last month. Maybe it just took 30 years for the apricots to get him. Fantastic. I'm not making that joke. Listener Jackie made that joke. I want to make this very clear. We would never make jokes about other people's um, dead relatives. Yes. Our own dead relatives? Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for that amazing story, listener Jackie. As we, we mentioned on the apricot episode that that Molly found that apparently there that that uh, there's a superstition in the Marines that like you don't want to have apricots around tanks. I know the army is different from the Marines, but apparently this is like this like extends to other armed forces and non-tank situations. I can't although maybe believe, there was a tank. I don't know. I, I'm so excited that we got this confirmed. I, mm-hmm. I really I'm so excited. Me too. All right, now but wow. So this week's Now But Wow, I consider a real public service announcement. So for anyone who has a um, a female-bodied child, maybe, you know, between the ages of like 8 and 16, mm-hmm. this is a book that I am thrilled to recommend. Um, it is called Celebrate Your Body and Its Changes Too by Sonia Renee Taylor, who many people may be familiar with for her book, The Body Is Not an Apology. Uh, Sonia Renee Taylor is a fantastic force of nature, a body empowerment, uh, body positive educator. And uh, I think I first encountered her on Instagram. This book is the best puberty book I have found That's for, for female bodied people. And I, I bought it recently for my kid. It's, it's described as a body positive guide for girls eight and over. And I really wanted my kid to have some sort of a resource where she could read about the changes her body is going to begin going through mm-hmm. without having to like always come to a grown up to talk about yeah. these things. So it's everything from, you know, what you might imagine and, you know, anatomical changes right. to there's diagrams of how to put in a tampon. Oh, great. Which, I mean, I, I was not in any puberty book when I was a kid. And also a lot of stuff about how relationships change yeah. um, in your in your teenage years and in puberty. So I learned about this book from another really wonderful author, Kate Schatz, who has written Rad American History from A to Z, Rad American Women. This book is fantastic. Celebrate Your Body and Its Changes Too by Sonia Renee Taylor. Get it. That sounds amazing. I wish uh, I wish we had had that book. Have you have you already gotten into the the age where like like June like has like a falling out with a friend and it's like the biggest most devastating thing that's ever happened in the history of the world and and she'll never ever get over it? You know, so I think we're not quite there yet, but okay. we have encountered a falling out with a friend where she really kind of like we know what happened between the two of them, but mm-hmm. she hasn't really thoroughly explained it to the friend. And so yeah. it's like very awkward. And oh my God, this is this is not gonna be my favorite part of parenting. 
Yeah, I like. I mean, the good the good thing is, like, then once you get past that, human relationships become really simple. Yeah, they become so. marriage. Marriage is one of the easiest human relationships. Oh yeah, you, you just say? like you like check the box, like I do, and, you're and done, uh, and you are done. <laughs> All right, so we solved that. Our producer, who solves everything for us, is Abby Circatella. Mm-hmm. Uh, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk with other people who enjoy the show, you can go to our subreddit. Reddit. So that's reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Yeah, there's been some delightful stuff that that made me very happy there lately. Mm-hmm. Can I take back the thing where I pronounced podcast podcast? Nope. I don't know why I did it, it and I don't like it. You can't take it back. <laughs> You're right. All right. So uh, <sighs> until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. You know, we would taste a lot better if you cooked us in a bunch of vinegar, too. No doubt. And and we would certainly smell better. Oh, yeah. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. <laughs> yeah, I'm, di- I'm I'm literally dying over here. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.